Well, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back. It is maintenance day. Yes, it's been a while. Yes, uh, we are back. And by we, I mean myself, Joe, you're of noted hockey and Bleacher Report and Lance Lasowski of the Buffalo News. New Lance, hello. It's been a it while. Has, it has been a minute, Joe. It's not like I haven't seen you or anything, but the know, fact right? that we've, um, yeah, gathering to do this, it, it's it's been a minute for, a, well, I guess we can just say numerous different reasons over the last you know however long it's been and yeah good good to be back um yeah and it was nice to hear so many people ask us about why we haven't been recording the speculation joe i loved it <laughs> feed into it the conspiracy theories it was hear all of them it was great it was uh it made me feel like we were we were living the the jack eichel ryan o'reilly days all over again where (laughs) everybody thought that there was like some beef or this that or the other thing and i'm like i'm like well no but like but now i want to lean into it just to see if people get weirded out or freaked out or whatever but uh but no no beef no none of that it's just uh life uh finds a way to quote jeff goldblum and jurassic park life finds a way to uh kind of get in the way of everything um but- yeah i'd like to get back into it I'd, I'd like to get back into it on a regular basis we've talked Absolutely. about it so this is um we're we're planning on that being this being the start of that and if we said that last time well just ignore that yeah. and <laughs> just focus on what we're saying right now yeah just uh we're refreshing our commitment that we <laughs> we made before christmas or whenever the last episode was i don't even <laughs> yeah, it's know been a minute. <laughs> it's 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 yeah it's been a minute and um i not to just jump right into everything but I, it's been a minute for us to talk about things but i don't think real anything's really changed all that much apart from that's a good point apart from it, injuries and and guys in and out of the lineup but uh, what's old is new again because Jack Quinn is again out of the lineup. And Lance, you were able to break the story of of what? Well, I guess I guess you broke the story of what happened after the fact of what we saw in the five two win against San Jose. Yeah, I could not get anybody to. People wanted exact diagnosis. They they wanted every every detail that they possibly imagine. And hey, I did too, but nobody would give me those. <laughs> So I got the fact Rude. that he was he had surgery on Monday. They're expecting around eight weeks. Of course, that brings us within two weeks of the regular season finale. Of course, given where the Sabres are, the, the likelihood of them making the playoffs or being in the hunt is low. Hey, I mean, crazier things have happened. So, uh, Joe, I, I mean, I'm just this is just just me speculating here. I, I would think that the Sabres, <clears throat> I know they're going to be extremely cautious, but let's say they're out of it eight weeks from now. You're at the end of March, only two weeks left to go. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't shock me at all if we just don't see Jack Quinn again this season after that. He needs to have a healthy summer. He needs to have a healthy offseason. <clears throat> so much of what he needs to to add to his game is just physically. It's off the ice. He didn't have a normal summer last year because of the Achilles. So now it's time. Like, you know, this is really unfortunate. It's I, I know people are referring it as, through, as a throwaway season. But, I mean, we saw a couple years ago Casey Middlestad use that experience. I know he played on more games, different c- circumstances, but. A guy Quinn's age, the way that he played when he was in the lineup, Joe, I think that he's going to be okay. It just, it's just one of those. It's just that been that kind of year for this team, right? Yeah, it it totally has been that kind of year for this group because, you know, for you know Quinn starting off the year injured, well, starting off his off season injured, uh, kind of started things off on a bad note, um, and that was followed up by not them not really doing a whole lot to address any sort of forward situation with the team, which hindsight being 2020, maybe that was a mistake to do that. But um, they opted to give 
all the young guys an opportunity to maybe win their win their way into the lineup, which that's fine. Victor Olofsson was in the final year of is in the final year of his contract. Maybe it's hey, maybe it's his time to reassert himself. He can be the be the guy again and then win himself a new contract. Uh, and we got while well, we got Zach Benson in into the group and he won his way in. Uh, it didn't really help the lineup scoring wise, and everybody's been kind of skating uphill against it ever since. Yeah, it's, you know, when you look at this, I mean, I think they're ninth in, in five on five scoring or no sixth at this point, as we speak today. And Joe, considering all the injuries they've had, um, you mentioned, you know, no Quinn Benson, you know, for as great as he's been in a lot of ways, it's not like he's scoring a lot of goals. So no. for them to be doing that well, five on five, it doesn't, you know, Columbus is good at scoring goals at five on five. So that's not exactly an indicator of, of team success, but it is a good building block. We've seen this team start to defend better. We'll get to conversations about um, trends, where they're at right now, later in this podcast. But it does create a very interesting situation for Kevin Adams. He's got that that Olsen contract, which is, in my opinion, unmovable. Now, when we get to the deadline, I think that Eric Johnson, Sam Giskergensen's, and then they're going to probably approach Kyle Oposo if there's interest and say, hey, do you want to? Are you interested? Is this something you want to do? But I really don't think that they're going to be able to move Olofsson. He hasn't done anything when he's been in the lineup, Joe. Like, you know, in preseason, they gave him all these defensive zone starts. They really challenged him to be a more well-rounded player. When he's been in the lineup, it, you know, it's, it just isn't happening for him. You know, it's tough to always see a player go through that crisis of confidence. But that makes me think that they're, you know, that they're probably going to look down to Rochester regardless, right, to see who they can bring up. And there's several options. I would... I would think Rochester's the answer because the other option is trades. And, yeah. and listen, that's uh, trades. We know trades are hard. Uh, Adams hasn't exactly gone, you know, bananas trying to make trades in the past. It's usually when his hand's forced to make one, then he'll make one. But uh, this doesn't, this isn't really a, a forced hand moment because you have Yuri Kulik. You have Isaac Rosane. You have Lucas Rusek. You have these guys in Rochester who are, playing well and you could pick one of them and say all right here's your time to shine because there is now a spot next to dylan cousins and jj paterka who are now playing well to say all right time to fill it up you know kulik's got 16 goals in rochester rosane's leading the team in scoring somebody's got to come up right because otherwise you're kind of rejiggering the lineup with who you have and i don't think that's going to make I, I know that's not going to make anybody happy uh, that pays for seats. Yeah, and it's not the solution to moving forward. We've known for almost a year at this point that Victor Olsen, it's just not a fit anymore. It's not a fit for him. It's not a fit for the team. So you look at the options in Rochester. I think that, of course, if this team was in a playoff spot or close to it, or, or it, you know, then Kevin Adams can be in buy now mode. As a GM, you're looking at your team, you're nine games back as we're talking right now. And nine games might not sound like a lot, but with the loser point, Joe, ooh, that's it's a really yeah. steep hill to climb. It's not impossible, but you're not going out and giving up first round picks in that scenario, especially with where you're at. You might have, you might have a lottery pick again. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's not where they want to be, but that's the reality of it. You're not going to move that kind of piece. Every team that's trying to move a forward is looking at Buffalo right now with Quinn out, thinking, well, if they're calling, we know what we're asking for, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's the names that you don't want to give up at the moment, and it really. It's the one. It's the situation where I really don't blame Kevin Adams if he goes if he decides, which I think he will, 
Let's go to Rochester. Um, I don't think the Kulik is quite ready yet. They moved him back to the wing. I wrote a story about him last week, talked to Appert and mm-hmm. Vinny Prospel about him, and they're just trying to get him reacclimated there. Uh, Jost is down there. It's centering now. Uh, and just playing the wing down there, they think is just a little bit more challenging because the wall about the wall play, all those, all those variables there. So really the two players, well, three players, I'll include uh, another in this conversation. Byro, Rusek. Yes. And of course, Isak Rosean and Seth Apper couldn't say enough enough nice things about you know Rosean because I asked about him specifically, and he's just a well-rounded player, right? The offense hasn't been there recently, um, but he's he's a guy with the speed, the intangibles, the 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 penalty kill uh, strength that he would bring. I, I, it's a good fit, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see somebody else. Yeah, and going up and down the Rochester lineup. Uh, you know, because I, I I wrote a piece for Noted Hockey about this whole situation, and going over the names that that are down there, I'm like, well, there are two names that would keep the fans interested and happy, and that's Kulik, that's Rosean, and then there's everybody else where it's going to be like, yeah, let's see, yeah, yeah, yeah. come yeah, that's on, a good, that's a good way do to something it, yeah. more than this, <laughs> and that's not fair to those guys. Let's let's be real, I, you know, Byro's been a fantastic soldier down there and a good player. So if it's his chance, then okay. Like, and he's just, and we just haven't gotten a good look at him in the NHL because just the injuries have been the issue. Yeah, it's 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 so hard, and you know, and it's if it's Jost that everybody's gonna lose their mind about. Even though he's played extremely well since he's 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 gone to Rochester, right? And you know, I I spoke with him last week in Rochester, and for peace still to come. But, um, it's you know he took that pretty hard and he's got a chip on his shoulder. So that's a motivating factor. I, again, it's, these aren't the choice. Those aren't the sexy choices for, for the fans. And I, you know, I, I don't like that. You have to kind of consider ticket sales and the fan base and keep them and keep that in mind, possibly for a motivator for who you pick to, to kind of maybe close out the season. Well, you kind of have to, don't you? Because the fans are so pissed right now. They're so upset and they're so over everything because it's just this season feels like a return to the old days, even though it's definitely not. It's a delicate balance. You want to make sure you're bringing up a player who's ready, who um, their confidence is in good place. You feel like you, they can help you win. They fit into your lineup. I, I think basically all those guys fit into their lineup given what they need. I mean, you can move somebody up to the top six instead of, you know, Benson, whoever it may be. You can have somebody else drop down. It, there's options here. I think realistically, the, this is just my opinion. Um, we'll see if we'll see if it's right or wrong. I think that Kulik and Roseanne are probably near the when we're talking about those five players, Byro, uh, uh, Byro, uh, Rusek, Jost. Rosean and Kulik, I almost think that the top prospects might be at the bottom of that list right now, just given what they've done offensively the last few weeks. Um, and Rusek had a 13-game point streak. Look at Byro, versatility, a guy who they've really wanted to try to get a look at, but the injuries have really prevented it from happening. I don't know if he'll help them on the penalty kill, which is why I was thinking about Rosean as a possibility here. But And then Joe's like center wing. Didn't play well earlier this season when he was in Buffalo, but we've seen in the past what he can do. Like he was a great fit last season. It just hadn't worked out this year up to this point in and out of the lineup, you know, different lines, different role. Um, Not easy for a player in those circumstances. So, Hey, it's going to be fascinating. I just, 
I just got the vibe when I was in Rochester last week that they want to give Kulik a nice run here. It's, he's not happy about the way that he's playing right now. It's, it was a really exhausting experience with World Juniors coming back home, going to Charlotte for the, the back-to-back outdoor games. He just kind of hit a wall, and they're trying to get him back to, to where he was before, mm-hmm. um, you know, back in early December in the first half of the season. Now, I, I mentioned financial concerns as far as selling tickets. Isn't if you look at justifying the cost that you have in Rochester, wouldn't Jost automatically be the guy to get called up because he's making the most money of of those guys? It's just to be, say, like, let's let's at least move have the NHL money back in the NHL. This one's a little unpredictable because I think they're going to bring somebody up who helps the PK. They kind of like Quinn was yeah. very good on the penalty kill, so I think that is something we have to consider here. Um, we know that they had played Jordan Greenway at center for a few games, which yeah. I, I'm not a fan of whatsoever. That's a different conversation. So it makes me wonder: Are they really happy with like they like to play middle set on the wing sometimes, or they want somebody who can play down the middle? And when I think about somebody who could play down the middle, Jost and, and Byro or those are the ones that kind of emerge the top of my list realistically of who it's not what I would do necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. I like Jost. I think he's an NHL player. It's just that where they're at, where Kulik's at, you know, I think Roseanne's almost ready, but just it's all about position, role, versatility, and the versatility really gives Jost and Byro the, the edge in this this whole competition here, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think age has to play into this too because they got they got to know what they have in Byro too. That's right. part of it. Yeah, and I, I just the whole thought for me that it if if they are and everybody says they are, so you got to take it at face value. They say they're still in the playoff race. They're still going for this. They're still doing it. If you bring up another nineteen-year-old player, nineteen, twenty-year-old player into this into this mix, where it's like, okay, kid. Lots of pressure. Go get them. I don't know that that's. I don't know that that's going to make them happy. I don't know it's going to make the current roster happy, and I don't know it would even make Don Granado happy because it's a lot more hands-on work you have to do with younger guys off the ice as opposed to uh, as well as on the ice. And think about this team's evolution the last few months. They've they've done a lot of work to try to become a more mature, defensively responsible team. Since the beginning of January, they're third in the NHL in goals against. It's starting to trend in the right direction. Now, you could point to the opponents that they played, sure. some bad teams in January, teams that don't really score a lot of goals, teams that are fighting it right now, but some pretty good defense in front of Lucan in the last few weeks here. Mm-hmm. And that's not a trend they want to reverse. You bring in another young player, and even you know Kulik, to his own admission, in his one NHL game, too slow defending. You know, it's tough to defend Jack Hughes, but even he not happy with with that area of his game. Roseanne, as much as he's advanced, I I just think there's a really a real benefit to keeping those guys down there a little longer. The youngest team in the NHL does not need to get any younger, especially when we think about where they're at, where they need to go, what their needs are right now, which is why I would I'm going to be totally fine if it's Jost Byro. And hey, like I think Rusek deserves a look too with the way that he's played, and he's just a guy who's been trending in the right direction the last few years here. And eventually, I'd, you know, I'd like to see him get a more extended um, opportunity. Although he was going to get one in training camp, but you know, didn't have a great camp and, yep. and started the season in Rochester, and it just you know, ha- you know, for whatever you know, one reason or another, it, j- it just hasn't happened for him yet. Yeah, and this is this is the tough part because. Th- 
Well, the the organization is concerned about the view from the outside, especially from the fans. There's also part of them that that has a different view of everything internally, anyways. Because you know, I know looking back on last season, the whole you know falling a point short, all that stuff. They looked at it as this is the logical progression that that we're looking for. We we were able to to become a better team. We have a lot of flaws that need to be addressed and fixed, but we're better. We're in a better place now. So let's see what we can do next year. You know, obviously this season was meant to be in the playoff race, in the playoffs, be, you know, be better defensively, figure out the goal, all that stuff. They've kind of figured out that, I mean, the goaltending is figured out as long as Lukanen's playing well, or, you know, if Levi jumps into the boat and plays well too, okay, whatever. But the defense is playing better, even though the mistakes are, are very easy to point out when the mistakes happen. It's, it's not like these are subtle errors that happen, but they're in a spot now where the, the outside perception is, same old sabers. This sucks. Uh, call me when they're good, but this this feels like a year where they're, you know, the last year was the setup where it's like, okay, you can score goals. All right, let's learn how to play some defense, and then when you get that figured out, let's score goals and play defense. You know, after that. Yeah, and and the whole the whole evolution, which you know, you could make a strong argument that it was necessary given what we saw from this team was not a finished product by any means last year. Think about. No. The pair of long losing streaks, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the types of chances they were giving up on a, on a more consistent basis, which left their goalies hanging out to dry. Like they needed to shore up those areas of their game. It's just that, you know, injuries, regret, you know, guys, crisis of confidence, whatever you want to point it to, it's they're at where they're at, at, at right now. So when you're evaluating what you're going to do with your roster moving forward, of course, <clears throat> you have to consider team needs what you know what's what's the expectation externally perhaps but in the end it's all about winning who do you think is going to help you win what are your needs at this point because you know what people are going to go to that building and they're going to cheer if you win it doesn't matter who's in the lineup like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many are in the building but but they need to they just need to go on a run here and they know it that's why i think a more a more mature, experienced player is likely going to be the call here. And you think about who they lost in Quinn, really good two-way yeah. player, kills penalties. You know what? If you can put somebody else in the power play, it, it really messes up your second unit. Um, but they've got the personnel. They've got the skill to to fill a void like that. It's the other areas. Um, you know, I think they're looking for somebody else to really chip in and play some center. We saw that with Greenway and Joe Spiro and yeah, Joe that that just makes a lot of sense to me right now, even though it's not it's not the sexy move. It's not the move that people want. I just think that right now the timing with with Kulik and Roseanne just doesn't add up to me. Yeah, it's it, it it's easy. And, you know, I'm also guilty of doing this. It's very easy just to look at the raw stats and say, oh, production. Good. Up you go. But it's all these other factors that play into it as well. It's like, yes, production. Great. He's 20. Oh yes, goals, cool. He's 19. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, and listen, you know, Kulik did not get an overly fair, I don't want to say fair, but like he didn't get a big look in his one game. It was a blowout game against the it was a mess of a game, just a disaster of a game. And you know, Rosane's only gotten a couple of peaks, but you know, it's the same thing. He, he was, you know, tasked with being more of in the defensive role. And, you know, it's harder to do things offensive when the coach is like, hey, four check and play defense. Rose and showed well. That's why, like, if we're going like yeah. those five players I already mentioned, I'm ranking them most likely to to be called up with the Quinn injury. 
Roseanne's ahead of Kulik for me. Kulik, like, remember, they played him at center the first couple months of the season. Going yeah. back to the wing, it's it's tough. Like, it's tough. Like, he, he really learned in that one NHL game that wall play is really important. That's an area that they're going to use the second half of the season to work on him with. Like, he's going to be killing penalties with the Amherst. He's already started a little bit. They're going to really push him to do more in the second half here. And Roseanne's already got those responsibilities. He's a lot better along the wall. He's played nothing but wings since he's been to Rochester. So they're different players in different spots. And as much as Kulik looks like he's 25 years old, like physically, he looks like, yeah, it was, yeah, he's still, he's still a kid. And like that, that point was emphasized to me by, by Appert and Prospel, you know, last week. So it's going to be really fascinating. It's really unfortunate to see Jack Quinn go through this. We've, I mean, it, it's been documented the, the sort of, and it's not, <laughs> it's just been like one thing after another, right. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, you know, core muscle injury mono the one year, but you saw the way that he came back from the Achilles and the way that he was playing, man, he, he's got all the potential to be a really good player, you know, a really mm-hmm. good, solid, <clears throat> you know, 30 goal score, top six winger, you know, and, you know, adversity happens. You know, you, you think about some of the great players in the league who have gone through injuries earlier in their career. And, you, you know, people are raising questions. This guy going to have a, a long stay in the NHL. And, you know, what, guys who work hard, talented players, um, you know, resilient people like Jack Quinn, like he's proven to be throughout all these years of him playing hockey. They they come through the other side of this more more often than not. Yeah, it's it's just I. You, you feel so bad for him just because it's, you know, he was playing so well and, you know, an Achilles injury is just a, such a freak show kind of thing to happen where, especially, you know, a guy his age where your Achilles just snaps and it's like, oh, cool. That's great. And, you know, it completely messed with his off season training completely, you know, blew that up. And, and that's like what, two of the last three years, his off season training has gotten, gotten affected by, by, you know, it was the sports hernia thing a couple of years ago. The Achilles, or I, I might be getting my years off in in thinking about this. No, but, I, bl- I believe you're right. I think you're. I think you're on the money here. Yeah, but it's it. It's just yeah. I just it, it. You feel bad for him because he's he's an eminently likable guy and was playing well. And obviously the team feeds off of him. Like they, yeah, they all love they yeah. love that guy. So it's it, it's tough. It's really tough and. I I think you know if we want to pivot to to some of the some of the guys that are in the lineup, if there's something that kind of softens the blow, it's how Paterka JJ Paterka has really taken some steps here the last few weeks because he looks confident, he looks dynamite, and he's using his speed effectively in, in attacking the game. Yeah, I always like I think that he's had the confidence all the way through. Frustration was what was really kind of biting him. You know, for a few weeks there, you could tell he's gripping the stick, mm-hmm. missing the net on shots that he usually makes. Like he's a really good player. Um, what a find at 34th overall back in 2020. That's yeah. a, a huge credit to to the the folks who were involved in that draft with the Sabers. But you know, you look at him. You know, Joe, the one player that I think fans have to feel great about, the organization has to really start feeling great about. Dylan Cousins looks like he's getting the confidence back. Yeah, he was. It was shaken there for a little bit um a guy who puts a lot of pressure on himself under normal circumstances then you hand him a massive contract and playoffs and all this other talk all the noise surrounding this team this year you know he had the injury um with the fight against hathaway and 
it's just it hasn't gone the way that you know he would have planned, the team would have planned. But you look at the scoring chances he's created a five on five. You look at like all the underlying numbers. Like he's doing a lot of good things. Like mm-hmm. he's driving play, and really for him to be picking it up the way that he has recently. You look at the games on that on that California trip. That that is fantastic for this for this group. They need it because we know like it's no secret. Like Tage Thompson with the injury he's dealing with, the situation. Like I think he's starting to he's starting to feel it again. You mm-hmm. look at some of the other underlyings for him, but still, like they need this team. His sixth in, in the league in five on five scoring because everybody's sort of chipped in a little bit. Um, yeah, might not feel that way, but that's certainly the case. And they need somebody like Dylan Cousins, who's a really important player for them now and long term to get to get his game going again it feels like he is yeah tage thompson my favorite my favorite choice for the number one star in the la game in which he didn't have a goal or an assist <laughs> but he was hitting and driving everybody crazy around the ice and i think we learned that uh somebody in la uh couldn't understand uh the seven 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 scrawled instead of seven two uh, <laughs> because it, that was paterka's two goal game there against the kings anyways um it's, 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 it, it's, it's kind of tough from our position to try to like point out things they're doing well at this point, because everybody's the fans and, you know, we get a very skewed view of it from social media, obviously, but it really feels like the fans are just like, whatever, like just so over it and just kind of just, you know, just done with whatever the things are. They don't have, there's kind of minimal patience to to kind of ride these these waves of seeing these young guys go through these things which it's a natural course of events with younger players these things will happen it's just yeah look, look across yeah. the league yeah like it happens all over and teams there was really good talented teams that had even higher expectations or standards than the sabers i'll say expectations mm-hmm. we're struggling just as much or it may not show in the standings but you look at all the numbers and everything else they're they're dealing with the same sort of, of stuff it's a really tough league it is mm-hmm. and you got young players the youngest team in the nhl that's why you, you go back to last year. Um, we talk about what they should have done at the deadline, what they should have done in the summer. You can't take anything for granted in this league. You just can't. Like, it's so fragile. You think that, you know, okay, we're, we got everybody coming back, but injuries happen. Like, this group has, has found out again this season. Like, up front, all the guys who have dealt with little things, and it might they haven't had that, other than Quinn, not a really long extended absence, but seven games here, nine games here. And these are important players. You take them out of the lineup, then it changes the entire dynamic and responsibilities, what this guy's got to do, what that guy's got to do. So you end up really pulling in a young player who is going through maybe a crisis of confidence, and then he's got to do even more that night because somebody else is hurt. This is going on. So it's just it can really be a snow snowball effect that really rolls rolls quickly and you know, that's why you look at the last few weeks. Um, don't want to read much into it. I know fans don't want I want to either, but mm-hmm. like it still matters. Like we're talking about like a 15 game span over the last, you know, three, four weeks where you're starting to see some some guys who were battling inconsistency start to get back to playing the way that they can. Like you look at power. Um, Darlene's been a lot like really good, not as many of those roller coaster moments that he's had mm-hmm. too often this year. Like they just got to get – that's the one thing, all right? If they don't make the playoffs this year, they can't finish. April 15th, that game in Tampa can't end 
with a bunch of guys not feeling good about their games or guys who are still struggling to score. Like, that's going to be a big directive for Don Granado the second half of the season. This team's got to be in a good place entering the summer because, you know what, the odds are against you right now, but uh, if you got a lot of these core players who are signed long-term, who are, who are going into the offseason, not feeling good about themselves, that's a bad place to be. So mm-hmm. right now, I, I feel like I, like guys are trending up, but it's got to continue. Yeah, it's it's shaping up to be the kind of season where this this is the kind of emotional and psychological building season where you're learning some lessons this year. And, and I know lesson learning when went out the door late last season everybody said no more lessons it's done this is a different kind of lesson that they're learning from like this is a whole other deal that they're contending with because this is just what they're what they're trying to get figured out and going through adversity is a big part of that and you know don has said all along he wants these guys to know what that's like they want to know what that pressure is like and how to deal with it and and how to learn from that and that's something they didn't exactly have to contend with last year because they were just about all but done and out of the playoff picture with a few weeks to go. And then Devin Levi shows up and suddenly the team started playing well. And then, oops, now we're, now we're right back in it. Let's try to get into this thing. This is, this is a whole year of, of learning hardships you know, on and off the ice. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you could tell all those young guys in the room what, you know, what the, what the noise is going to be like around them um, in a season like this, where the expectation is you got to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but nothing can prepare them for that reality. When you're down two one at the end of the first period, you're getting booed off home ice mm-hmm. <laughs> against Seattle. Like right. it, it's unfair to the players in a lot of ways that all of the, the angst, anger, toxicity, whatever you want to put it like, and this fan base deserves to have that. They've been mm-hmm. waiting for far too long. No fan base in professional sports, especially when your league takes half the team, should be waiting as long as the Sabres fan base. And this is a great fan base. They're mm-hmm. among one of the best. They're, if not the best in the league, one of the best in the league, right? In terms of just loyalty, you look at the TV ratings, everything. They shouldn't have to deal with all this nonsense. So I 100%. get it. But at the same time, like Zach Benson's 18 years old. He got here a couple yeah. months ago. <laughs> Right, Dylan Cousins is is 22. Like Jack, you know JJ Paterka is 22. Like these guys were 10 years old last, you know, nine years old last time the Sabers made the playoffs. So, and that gets in your head. It does. Like that's why we've seen this team be bad at home the way that they have. You know, Mm -hmm. the the Eichel Reinhardt. You know that those days they weren't really bad at home. They're terrible on the roads. It's kind of reversed here, and a lot of the you know the deficiencies, the weaknesses in this team. It's a young group. you know, I would have done things differently in terms of constructing it after last season, after what happened. Um, mm-hmm. They should have addressed the power play differently um, after yeah. all the warts that we saw in the second half of last season. But mm-hmm. I do think a lot of injuries and inexperience. I know that like people don't want to hear that. Those are reasons that those aren't those aren't excuses. Those are that's a reality. It's the NHL. Like, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> reasons aren't excuses. I think that might be my favorite thing Don said this year when you know. He was asked about, you know, yeah, Tim, yeah, Tim, Tim Graham asked him about that. What's the difference between reasons and excuses? It's a good one because, like, especially in a season like this, we've heard coaches have to talk after losses like Don has. And, you know, it it could, it just depends. Whatever Mm -hmm. it can be perceived one way when in reality it's another. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. And it's, it's not just, you know, the team having to fight the opponents and battle against them and try to beat them. It's, 
history when history stacks up like this and sins of the past which have nothing to do with any of these guys for the most the I mean, owner it's yeah it's just, the owner's it's the, the only owner. one who's been here the entire time basically yeah. so <laughs> yeah and you know like if you're gonna hang stuff on Kyle Pozo's head for for being like you know for being here during all these bad years with with some of these guys like I, I if that makes you feel better I guess but like it's not it's not on him to like turn things around that was that's on everybody else to get things figured out and you know I know he's like he's supposed to he was supposed to be like one of those guys but his his duties changed because of health so you know if you, you can't and you can't stick this on Darlene you can't stick it on a poser you can't stick it on any of these guys because yeah, you know, they're just trying to help get it figured out. They're not the it, ones that told everybody there's going to be some suffering. It's very tempting to to oversimplify a problem like this. Got to fire the coach. Got to fire one assistant because you, you just want you want it to change. And, and you know, as a fan, you want it to change. You're, you're tired of watching the same thing every night. You know, this isn't this hasn't been a very entertaining team team to watch a lot of nights this season. Mm-hmm. Certainly not. I, I, yeah. I get it. But. You also can't misdiagnose the problem the way that this organization has throughout this playoff drought. They haven't been able to identify what's gone wrong. And then you go ahead, you, okay, we got to trade this guy. Well, yeah, okay, you, you trade him. Then he goes ahead and wins the Stanley Cup elsewhere. And he's a, a contributor for that team. So they've got a really good foundation in place with these players. It's just a matter of where do, where do they go now? I think that they're, they're in a transition period where they need to figure out, okay, are you going to start trading prospects? What's your future look like? What's next year look like? What's the year after that look like? Because you can't just hoard a bunch of, of draft picks and prospects. That's not how you win the NHL. Like It's okay to be the youngest team in the NHL at the, toward the beginning of this progression you're trying to be on. You can't just keep that label the entire time. Those types of teams, youngest team in the NHL rarely makes the playoffs, let alone wins the Stanley Cup. It's mm-hmm. too challenging. Like that's why you get like Eric Eric Johnson's going to be so in demand at the deadline cuz Stanley Cup teams have guys like Eric Johnson. That's why they brought him in. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it's it's wild just to look at, you know, the 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 pile of prospects that are waiting again. We've already talked about Kalika Rosé, but like you know, talk about Oslin, talk about, you know, these guys that that aren't here yet but are down the line so matt savoy we haven't even said anything about him and he's now stuck out in the middle of what saskatchewan like you know it's guys like this where you know there there's so many guys in the wings waiting to come up but you know it's you you just can't just keep introducing one by one year after year to say like all right here we go you know it's that's why yeah something's got to give but What's the plan there, right? Because yeah. then you've got a player like Casey Middlestad, who's now a proven NHL player, who's been, you know, you look at five-on-five scoring over the last year. And he's had more five-on-five points than Eichel. I like William Nylander. I can keep mm-hmm. listing names here. And you haven't talked long-term contract with him. Yeah. What sort of trade return are you hoping to get for Middlestad? Because if it's what you got for Sam Reinhart, good luck with this fan base. And you know yeah. what? If you do that trade, you deserve that. You deserve their <laughs> wrath because where this organization was three years ago with Reinhart, I'm sorry, you can't go. You, you can't justify moving that player for a pick and a prospect under those circumstances when he's here. He's real. You know, he's a good player. You don't know that. Matt Savoy is going to be a good NHL player, great prospect, great, you know, great kid on a great trajectory. But at some point, you've got to take those assets and you've got to build an NHL team around your core. And that's what they've 
they've they need to transition and at some point they got to figure out what their what their identity is going to be as a team where they want to go what types of veterans they want to fill out the lineup because you can't just run it back like there's got to be now, I like I like Greenway. Resign him. I would highly recommend it. But they got to figure something out to to just build out this roster and, and deal with this this prospect surplus. Which hey, that's like a good problem to have, but it's a problem. Yeah, prospect surpluses are how you build teams into bigger, better teams. Just ask, I don't know, the Blackhawks. You know, ask you know, ask those Gone. teams in the past that that did that were able to use these these these. Uh, "Quote unquote problems to help build their teams out and become better." And you, you know? think about the top prospects over the years who have been traded by other teams who have gone on and haven't quite lived up to that prospect billing. I think a Luca Caputi who got traded for Marion Hoso <laughs> and the Penguins added him from from the Thrashers. Yeah, whoops. You not know? Angelo Esposito or Eric Tangrady, <laughs> like yeah. those kind of guys. So. Yeah, boy, Angelo Esposito landing you Marion Hoso. Holy smokes! Oh, there you that's go. An all, that's an all timer, man. Like. Yeah. Uh, First round, first round pick, gonna be good. Nope, nope. Out of hockey, see, like, and that's years. yeah. And so much of development is unpredictable, and so many factors can like you're they're out of a player's control can impact where they go. You can't you can't take anything for granted. And I I like Oslin, I like all those prospects, but at some point, like you got to decide who's going to be part of your team when you're hoping to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are you trying to win? When when are you trying to do this? Like, I know that Cousins is twenty two, Dolly, you know, Dolly's twenty three, but you can't take any anything for granted in this league, and I, and I hope that they learn that lesson off of last year when all these guys were having career years, and their only addition on defense before the deadline, Joe, was Riley Stillman. Yeah, that that's tough. When it was we're, such a glaring hole in their lineup. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Lance, we're coming up on time here, so I let everybody know where they can spot you on the internet. Oh, thank you, work. Joe. Uh, Buffalo news. Thank you for everybody who subscribes reads. I, I appreciate it greatly. And on, uh, X Twitter, whatever you want to call it, L L Y S O W S K I Joe, what about yourself? You can find me at notedhockey.com. You can find me at bleach report. You can find me on that dumb site, uh, at Joe Yerden. <laughs> find me on blue sky at Joe Yerden dot B sky dot social. Uh, and thank you everybody for listening. And, uh, you know what? We promise we're going to be back. We will be back. We will figure out. Joe's when. going to the all-star game after that. That's right. Yes. Till next time, everybody.